Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, November 22nd, and this is your FT News Briefing. European central bankers are meeting in a couple of weeks, and they don't see eye to eye on interest rates. Oil prices were on a wild ride yesterday. We'll look at why. Plus, Disney's board just staged a mutiny against their CEO. One of the most amazing things, they did it in total secrecy. This is probably the most surprising thing I've seen since covering the media for the past five years. It's almost cinematic how stunning this is. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. We could see a clash of monetary policymakers at the next European Central Bank meeting. Yesterday, Austria's hawkish central bank chief Robert Holtzman told the FT that he wants another rate increase of 75 basis points. Holtzman says that it's important to convince the public that policymakers are serious about taming inflation. Other central bankers are recommending smaller increases because they see signs of a recession. The ECB's chief economist yesterday said that 75 basis point increases may not be necessary anymore. And some European politicians have warned the ECB not to raise rates too high. The central bank will make a decision at its next meeting in mid-December. Oil prices were unusually volatile yesterday. They fell sharply in the morning after the Wall Street Journal reported that OPEC was going to increase supplies. Here's the FT's Derek Brower on what happened next. And then later in the day, Saudi Arabia issued a statement saying this was not the case, that they weren't discussing this at all. The United Arab Emirates came along and said the same thing. And actually, every pretty much every source that we spoke to at the FT when we were trying to follow this story in the journal, uh, told us the same, that there had been no discussions of this kind. And the plan was still, as they agreed last month, to carry on with this production reduction over the coming weeks and months. And a reduction would theoretically drive prices higher. But, you know, a lot can happen between now and OPEC's next meeting, which is in just under two weeks. Could OPEC change its mind by then? There's tons of wiggle room. There always is before these meetings. And what happens to the price will be very important in what OPEC decides to do. And bear in mind that even before yesterday's gyrations in the oil market, the oil price had fallen by about 10% in the past week or so. So that'll be one factor. But then the other really, really big thing to bear in mind is that just a day after OPEC is due to hold its meeting in Vienna, the EU's embargo on Russian oil starts, and so does the price cap on Russian oil exports that the U.S. Treasury is trying to impose. So there's this huge, almost cliff edge that's building for the oil market. Nobody quite knows how the drastic tightening of sanctions on Russian oil exports by the EU will play out or how the price cap will play out. In fact, yesterday, the Russians reiterated again that any countries observing the price cap, they would cut supply to those countries. So it's very, very complex. There's so much at stake here because the global economy, as we know, is perilously perched on the edge of this recession that some people think is is imminent. And higher oil prices could help push the global economy in that direction. Cheaper oil might give it a bit, bit of a fillip. So there's a lot at stake when OPEC meets on 4th of December in Vienna. Derek Brower is the FT's US energy editor. 
Hollywood is in a state of shock, stunned by revelations of the boardroom mutiny at Disney. On Sunday, the board of the entertainment conglomerate ousted chief executive Bob Chapek. He'd been at the helm for less than three years, and they replaced him with Bob Iger, the legendary former CEO who's now back at the helm. With me now to pick up the storyline is our U.S. media correspondent, Anna Nicolau. Hey, Anna. Hi. So I got to ask, Anna, did you know that this was in the works? Did anyone who covers the media know that this was in the works? I did not know that this was in the works. Even, I mean, people were reporting on the Bob-Bob relationship as recently as, I think, Thursday or Friday. So it's kind of remarkable from just a journalism standpoint that the board is able to keep this so under wraps. Um, but no, I was, this was Sunday night. It was like uh, 10 p.m. Eastern time. I think I was watching White Lotus, HBO's show. And then I saw the email and could not believe it. And what was so stunning about it? It's just this, uh, it's this kind of clash of personalities. Disney is the biggest company in the entertainment, at least in the Western world. Bob Iger is this kind of larger-than-life executive. Everyone loved him. Uh, he delayed retiring at least four times. Then he finally kind of, out of the blues, said he was retiring. He handpicked Bob Chapek as his successor. And then it, almost instantly, it seemed like he regretted it. And you've had this kind of bizarre situation for the past few years of Disney under the leadership of this person that no one seemed to trust or like. And you had Iger still kind of looming in the background, even though he had left the company. And this was all happening as obviously Disney was going through the pandemic. So it's just been this very dramatic, I would say personality-driven drama. Okay, so you have all these personality and trust issues, but you got to think that the reason for this mutiny was streaming and the big losses at the streaming unit. Is is that right? I mean, I think Chapek's biggest weakness is not necessarily the business strategy itself. It's Chapek never was able to get either the press or Wall Street behind him. From the jump, really, there was a lot of skepticism over who he was, his credentials. He doesn't come from a creative background. He's kind of this marketing guy from the Midwest who's been around at the company forever. And he kind of had a few different fiascos uh, that people didn't seem to appreciate how he handled them. What kind of fiascos? He announced a kind of restructuring that no one was ever in favor of, really, uh, that kind of took power away from the creative leaders within Disney. And the goal of it was to make it more of a tech company, a, you know, a streaming-first company. But that was very unpopular internally. Uh, then there was that kind of argument, this bizarrely public argument with Scarlett Johansson um, over payments for the Black Widow movie, which a lot of people seem to think Chapek did not handle that well either. So that was the other one. And then the third one was regarding uh, Disney's operations in Florida, where politicians have been pushing forward the what they call the don't say gay legislation, um, where, you know, Disney internally as, you know, a, as a workforce had a lot of liberal focused employees who were unhappy that Chapek didn't say anything initially. And then Chapek did say something. And but then he was dealing with all this backlash from politicians in Florida. Uh, it was another scenario that, you know, not necessarily Chapek's fault, but people don't think he was able to kind of 
handle it in a savvy way, communications-wise. And again, that kind of underscores that it wasn't even necessarily the business decisions he was making. It was more the brand and the public face of the company uh, and kind of flaws in the way that he was handling things. Now, going back to streaming, where does that fit in? Iger was the one who came up with this strategy of, you know, we're going to go all in on streaming. And now the market is completely turned on that strategy. So in a way, I mean, Chapek has basically been pushing forward Iger's strategy. I think the problem is that the world has changed and Chapek didn't change that strategy. So Iger has agreed to stay on for two years and help find another successor. But he's the one who tapped Chapek. I guess what I'm wondering is, can he find someone suitable to take over when he steps aside again? Yeah, so that's the problem. Uh, that's and some people actually I've spoken to who are, who are who know Iger well were saying the question for everyone right now and the question for Iger is how is is he going to be able to actually find a real successor and set the company on the right path for a future beyond him? Almost one of the biggest weaknesses in his legacy at this point is that he he never found a proper successor or at least one that he trusted enough to do this, which is a problem for a a massive company if only one person can um, manage it successfully. And the challenge for the company is can can Disney actually succeed without Iger? Anna Nicolau is the FT's U.S. media correspondent. Thanks, Anna. Thanks for having me. And no surprise, but Disney shareholders are happy to have Iger back. The company's share price closed up 6% yesterday. Before we go, the British appetite for bacon is back. Imports of the meat are now at pre-pandemic levels as office and school canteens have reopened. Plus, rising prices means more consumers are turning to cheaper foods. Rising demand for bacon is a crucial reason why one of Europe's leading meat companies, Danish Crown, is building a new bacon and gammon processing plant north of Manchester. And fun fact... Brits are the top bacon eaters in Europe. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.